Hey coaches, Jeremy Roush here with Feel for the Game. Feel for the Game is more than just a basketball resources website. It's a platform for coaches to learn, share, and connect. So much of coaching is done behind the scenes and often goes unnoticed and underappreciated. We're here to recognize the great coaches and programs out there. If you're a coach, we'd love to feature your work and or your basketball program. Just go to feelforthegame.com slash contact and send us a quick message. That's feelforthegame.com slash contact to add your work and program to the arsenal of perspectives and resources available to coaches around the world. In this episode, we hear from Ernie Lopez, the head boys basketball coach at Washington High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Coach shares the falling out at his last stop, how Snow Valley helped him pick up the pieces, and his rejuvenation now with his recent hiring at Washington. Let's get to it. Coach, I appreciate you being on with us today. Thanks for having me. Really excited. So let's get right into it. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, what's, who's influenced you into coaching and, and kind of what got you into it and, and um, just how things started. Yeah, so I played, uh, you know, I, I'm born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I played at uh, Manzano High School. And I was a very, <clears throat> I was a very average player. Um, I could shoot it okay. I could pass it okay. And um, offensively, I was okay. But I played for a coach that was, um, his name is Travis Julian, who was very, very uh, big on being able to guard. And we had a motto in our program, if you can't guard, you can't play. Um, so I didn't play a whole lot sometimes. <laughs> um, I got really lucky my senior year. Uh, we, I was on a really, really good team. We were, we were really good that year. And, um, you know, when you have big leads, other guys like Ernie uh, get to play. So I, I was fortunate my senior year, I got to play a little bit more. And, um, and, and you know, I got into coaching because I, I was really interested because I wasn't playing so much. I was trying to help in any way I could. Um, so I paid extra attention in film. I paid extra attention um, when we went over game plans because I was just trying to be a good teammate. Um, you know, Travis Julian preached, you know, if you're not playing, find a way to contribute, right? So um, I think <clears throat> I always had an interest in coaching uh, in high school, and then it kind of hit me. There was a game um, my, my head coach called out a set, and I think I think the set was called Curl. I can't remember if it was an OB or a set. But, but one of our best players who happened to be one of my best friends, he messed up the set, and I popped up, and I was like, Ryan, we're running Curl. This is how – and I kind of coached him up. And my, my head coach turned around and he kind of gave me a weird look. And I thought I had stepped out of bounds. Like, well, I, and then he just put his fist down and he dapped me up. And I was like, man, I, I wonder if I could, could be, if I wonder if I could do this thing. And then anyway, every year our coach would meet with us at the beginning of the year and then halfway through the year, especially with seniors. Um, what do you want to do when you graduate? What do you want to do when you, when you get out of high school? And, and I had mentioned to him, man, I, I'd really like to coach. Um, another big reason for that was um, there was a, a player in our program who was a senior when I was a freshman. Who, and his name was Andrew Donnell, who had graduated and started coaching right away. And I kind of looked up to him and I kind of wanted to be, um, you know, do what he was doing. So, so yeah, that's kind of how I found my way into coaching. Uh, I got really lucky to, to work under a really good head coach um, as Trav. So um, really, really lucky to work under him. And you took over as head coach when you were pretty young. Um, you want to talk about that experience? Yeah, so I, I coached for five years at my alma mater, Manzano High School. I coached there for five years, um, and then I moved on to be an assistant coach at Highland High School uh, with a guy named Danny Brown. And I got really lucky there, too, because uh, Danny Brown is a great coach in his own right, especially offensively. Um, but at the time, his dad, um, who's a legend in the state of New Mexico, his name's Mike Brown. We all call him Papa Brown. Um, uh, he had retired, but he was still helping his son as an assistant at Highland High School. 
Um, and his dad won six state titles in a row. His dad went to 10 straight title games in a row at one point, 12 total title games. Um, and so I got really lucky because I got hired to work at Highland High School. So I got to sit next to, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in New Mexico. And I got to sit, the seat right next to me was probably the best coach in the history of New Mexico. So um, I spent two years there at Highland and then I took an opportunity. I was 24 years old um, when I got hired as the head coach at Socorro High School. Um, and that was, um, you know, I, to be honest with you, I got that job because of Papa Brown. Um, he made a couple of phone calls and, and things kind of worked out for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a great experience to take over a program um, in the state of New Mexico. Um, if you're young and want to be a head coach, you're probably going to have to move out of Albuquerque and kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So, yes, yeah, Socorro High School is a small uh, it's in a small town in Socorro, New Mexico. It's a small school, about 600 kids, I think. Um, so, yeah, great opportunity. And I, and I was really excited when I took that opportunity. Right on. And how did things go? How was year one? What did you what did you learn as, as head coach that that maybe you came to realize um, from only had, having been an assistant player? Yeah, so year one was great. Um, it, it started off it started off weird because so I got hired um, as the head coach and then the principal, the AD and the superintendent that all hired me that kind of took a chance on a 24 year old. Uh, I was getting ready to turn 25. Um, after, like two weeks after I got hired, all three of them left. Um, the principal took a superintendent job. The AD took a different job in Florida. And the superintendent um, decided, I think he retired or stepped down or something happened to him. I can't remember. Um, so I had a new principal, a new AD, and a new superintendent, which was, which was interesting. But year one was great. Um, I, I was really lucky and inherited a really good team. Um, I inherited seniors that were ready to win. And then they, you know, they had kind of had a hard time um <clears throat> with winning up to that point and so I inherited a bunch of really hungry seniors um <clears throat> and so in terms of wins and losses we we were pretty good um and that first year was great that that year 2016 was so big for me because not only did I get a head job um in April but that June I'm sorry that July was my first year going to Snow Valley um which guys that are listening they know Snow Valley is everything right so that year 2016 was was huge for me uh, head coaching job, getting to go to Snow Valley, um, and, and, and finally getting to kind of live out my dream as a, as a head coach. Talk about that first uh, year at Snow Valley and, and kind of what was it like compared to maybe your expectations? Right. So, yeah, that, that first year at Snow Valley was, was fun. I went with a good friend of mine. His name is Jake Heron, uh, who had been going to Snow Valley before me. And uh, he's a head coach in New Mexico right now at Academy High School. And, and he was, he told me like, hey, man, it's really hard. It's really tough, but um, it's a great opportunity to learn. And there's this NBA coach there and this college coach there and, and all this stuff. And so um, he told me kind of like what the layout was. And I, I listened to him for sure. But I looked at Snow Valley as, as an opportunity for me. I was young and, and kind of feisty and hungry, if you would. And, and I just said, I'm going to go to Snow Valley. I'm going to be the loudest, the most energetic. I'm going to be the best coach there. And some NBA dude is going to notice me and I'm going to get a job here down the road, NBA or college and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so anybody that's listening that's ever worked Snow Valley, they know that is, that is not what Snow Valley is at all, right? <laughs> and I remember the first day, it was the first day we had to wake up real early in the morning at 6 a.m. And I got through the morning session fine. I'm energetic. I'm ready. And then, you know, we have breakfast and then I think we had three or four clinics and then we have lunch. And I'm sitting at the lunch table, tired. I'm like, why, why am I in Iowa right now? What am I doing? But I put my hands on my head and I, and I literally looked around and I saw coaches like Caleb Lewis, who's a you know great coach in Iowa. Joel Lincoln, who's a fixture of Snow Valley. Guys that listen and uh, know who Joel Lincoln is. Steve Carter, who's a fixture there. Matt King, Coach Walter, 
Coach Locks, Coach Slava, Coach, uh, you know, Jerry Slack. And I literally, I was like, man, if you think you're on any of these dudes level, you're not. <laughs> and I got humbled right away at that, that lunch table. And I just said, hey, man, Snow Valley is not an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity to learn. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, it, it, it turned into, hey, I need to prove something. Uh, to get a job and to, Hey, I need to prove something that I belong. And it turned into, uh, I, I always tell people snow Valley is a hands-on coaching clinic. Yeah. Um, and if you come in that place incorrect, like I did, that place will humble you immediately. Yeah. No and I got humbled right away. And, and it was great. Cause you know, snow Valley turned into me, what, not what snow Valley can do for me. Um, but what, how do I give back to the best basketball camp in, in the world? Right. So no yeah, I got humbled pretty quick. We were about, about four hours in. I was, I was like, Whoa, this is different. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so um, year one's over. Uh, how was your the rest of your experience there as as head coach in, in your first stop? Yeah, so th this is where my my story um, gets a little you know face some adversity. So finish Snow Valley, uh, going to uh, finish year one. I mean, um, go to Snow Valley again for the second year. Um, a little bit more correct this time. Uh, <laughs> go into my second year as head coach, and we had lost. Um, I think we lost four out of our five starters and. Uh, you know, it, people graduate, that happens in high school basketball. Um, but almost immediately, uh, me and my administration started to have um, a lot of issues. And they were never personal issues, um, but there were issues about how um, I should run my program or how, or how about they thought I should run my program. Um, and it started almost immediately. Um, I had a couple kids in my program that I didn't want to be a part of it anymore because of some disciplinary stuff. Um, and I had made the decision to to remove them from my program. And, you know, and then I have a meeting with with my administration that the kids that I removed need to be put back into my program. Um, and obviously um, that's a very tough thing to do as a head coach um, to make a decision and then have someone above you feel like the decision you made was wrong. Right. Um, so I had to deal with some adversity like that. I, I had to deal with, um, you know, I had a player in my program that got into some trouble and they felt like my punishment was too severe. And then I had another issue where a player got in trouble in my program and they thought my punishment wasn't severe enough, right? So a lot of butting heads back and forth between, between me and my, my principal especially. My AD was, was amazing at Socorro, but me and my principal especially. Um, and so you, anyway, get through the year. Um, it, in terms of wins and losses, it wasn't a great year. We were able to, to get to the tournament, um, the state tournament, which is always an accomplishment. We performed well in our district play and all that. Um, but I, I, I had made the decision, I, I, it might be time to move on. Um, from Socorro. And um, so I walked into my principal's office after the season and I closed the door and I said, Hey, I don't want to leave. I love my community. I love my kids. Um, I love teaching here. Um, but um, it, we're having some issues <laughs> and we've yeah. had some very big confrontations with each other. So I'm not leaving this office until we figure it out. We can, we're either going to figure out that we, we can work together and we can move on and do good things or we're going to figure out that we can't and then I'll resign. And that's fine. I just didn't want to leave Socorro on a, on a bad note and burning bridges yeah. with anybody. Right. And so um, we talked for about two hours and, and we figured out, Hey, we, we can work together. We just need to, we need to change how we communicate. We need to change how we talk to each other. I mean, keep in mind, I'm 26 at this point. I'm still learning how to be a grown up, <laughs> right. To be honest with you. So um, I, you know, I was really excited to, to stay and to, um, uh, to try to figure that relationship out about a week after that i get pulled into the principal's office um into my principal's office and, and usually i'm in trouble when that happens so i was like oh what did <laughs> i do now <laughs> right and so anyway but he he had presented me and he said hey uh, our superintendent um has a has a, a guy that's getting ready to move into town um, a young guy that that he's friends with and knows very well 
his family's moving into town and he wants to coach and the superintendent wants you to put him on your coaching staff. Mm. I said, that, that's, I have no problem with that. I, I'd love to meet with him first, but if, if he's a good dude and we vibe a little bit, like, yeah, I, I'll take care of your guy, especially a new guy coming into the community. Um, I'll take care of him for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then my principal says, well, well, who on your staff is not going to get paid anymore because you're going to hire this guy on. And a little bit of background, I get two paid stipends on my coaching staff. So I get paid and then I get to choose what other two assistants of mine get paid. So I always just paid my JV and my freshman coach because they're head coaches. And I, in my opinion, they deserve to get paid. And I said, well, um, nobody, <laughs> my freshman <laughs> and JV coach would, you know, continue to still get paid. And, um, and he said, okay, well, the superintendent really wants you to hire him and he really wants you to pay him. And I said, I, I, I'm going to have a really, really hard time with that, especially taking money out of guys' pockets. And to be honest with you, uh, if I would have told one of those guys, hey, I want you to coach, but you're not going to get paid anymore, I probably don't have a coach anymore. Right. I think we can kind of all relate to that with, yeah. with money. And, and we're not talking about a, a earth-shattering amount of money, but, it, I mean, it's money. So um, then he had my principal had mentioned, okay, well, what if the superintendent is giving you a directive that you need to hire this guy and you need to pay him? I said, I'm going to have a really hard time with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I made it clear that I, I wasn't comfortable with that. Um, so anyway, my principal kind of ended the conversation. He just said, okay, well, we don't know if he's coming for sure. And we got to sort of things out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll cross this bridge when we get to it. I said, I, and I made it clear before I left that room. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, so anyway, about two weeks down the road, I'm getting ready to go on vacation. I'm going to San Francisco, uh, me and my girlfriend were getting ready to, to hop on a plane. So we're leaving Friday morning and Thursday night. Uh, we're like jetting out of school early to try to get there. And right before, uh, I'll never forget that Thursday night because we, we were going to leave school Thursday night and go see the Avengers movie, which I'm, I was super excited about. Yeah. And then hop yeah. on a plane Friday morning to San Francisco and enjoy vacation. So anyway, before I leave, I get pulled in my principal's office. And like I said, I'm like, oh, man, I, I didn't do anything again. I don't think I did. So. <laughs> right. So I get pulled in and, uh, and he says, hey, do you have an exit plan? And I was like, I don't know what an exit plan is. Like, what are you talking about? And he says, well, in our profession as educators, we should always have an exit plan. And, and I think it's a good idea you get one. I said, okay. And then he said, okay, well, the superintendent has decided to post your position as, as head boys basketball coach. You can reapply, but he's going to go ahead and post your position. And I said, okay, I, I, I have to go. There's a movie coming out I really want to see. And also, it's probably not best that I'm here right now. I have to go. So, um, so and it, essentially, I got fired, right? Um, and, and, and I want to I you know, make this clear, too. I made a lot of mistakes that year as head coach. I, I talked to my superiors or people above me in a way I probably should have never talked to them. I was very confrontational at times. And, and, and the reason why is because I was fighting for my program. And, and I, I was taught um, you, will, you, you should be willing to die for your program. So I was very, very, uh, you know, emotional and, and highly charged sometimes in those conversations. So uh, maybe I deserved for that to happen to me, and, or maybe I didn't. The timing was obviously weird with everything that, I, you know, the conversation I just told you about. Mm -hmm. um, but I was obviously super upset, super angry. And more than anything, I was really, really sad. I mean, the first person I called was Matt King and I told him what happened. And, you know, he told me, Hey, enjoy vacation, be angry, be sad, but enjoy your vacation and, and kind of take time and everything. So, yeah. so I go on my vacation uh, to San Francisco. It was great. We went to a Warriors game and got to see yeah. one of my best friends and anyone that's ever been to San Francisco, it's hard to be mad or upset when you're, when you're in San Francisco. <laughs> right. right. But anyway, I got back and it reality hit. Um, I'm a 26 year old fired basketball coach and, 
I thought about reapplying, but I made the decision that I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't want to, it's probably best we just move on, you know, from the situation. So, but I was 26 years old. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I remember I, I went through a lot of days of being really, really just down, depressed is a strong word. I don't want to use that word, but I was really, really down. And I think the peak of that downness was, it was like three in the morning, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm crying because I have no idea what I'm going to do. I've dedicated my life to coaching. I've dedicated my life to, to being a basketball coach and I don't have a place to coach right now. And right. a lot of, a lot of my buddies um, in Albuquerque were like, Hey man, come help me out. Like you can be an assistant here. And I had no problem with that being an assistant. I had no problem with it. Um, but none of them worked out because I couldn't get a teaching job at any of those places. Right. And so, you know, one of my best friends, like, Hey, come help me and no teaching job. And, and so I went through like three or four of those instances where I didn't have a job. So the teaching or the coaching part just didn't make sense. And so now were you willing to stay on as a teacher where you were, or you were kind of done altogether? Um, it wasn't that I wasn't willing. I almost didn't have a choice. <laughs> I remember talking I remember talking to some people like, Hey man, I, if I don't have a job, we might have to stay here as a teacher. And, and I just right. that I I'm sure anyone listening, you can imagine that would be weird and awkward and, <laughs> and not ideal. Right. That would be not um, ideal. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I, you know, I went through the process and, and one of the biggest things I wanted to do is I wanted to move. I wanted to move to Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, Matt King had told me how great things were in Arizona. And so then we started to try to fill out feelers of, you know, applying for jobs and talking to coaches. Matt King hooked me up with a lot of, you know, great coaches and to, to talk to. Um, but one thing I did decide was I'm going to go to Snow Valley. Um, I, I, I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity to go to Snow Valley. I, I said, I'm going to Snow Valley. I probably shouldn't have gone because I was broke and um, I was spending money trying to figure out where to go and blah, 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 blah. But I said, I'm going. It, it doesn't matter. So I get on the plane. I land in Snow Valley in Iowa and everyone that's ever, ever flown into that airport. It's that's I don't even know if it's an airport, more of a, a runway with some people <laughs> in it. Right. But I landed in Snow Valley and, and I immediately had the same feeling that I had in 2016. I felt so embarrassed to be there. I said, man, look at all these great coaches. Look at all these dudes that are great teachers and I'm the fired guy or, or I'm sorry, I'm the could have reapplied, but did it guy. <laughs> and, um, and I just felt so embarrassed, man. And um, I remember telling, you know, I have a couple close friends. I remember telling some people what, what kind of had happened to me over there. And, um, and they were, you know, they were receptive and they're like, Oh man, it's, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, we went through that process of, of at Snow Valley and anyone listening knows what I'm talking about. Um, that, that day where you meet with coach Joe Walter and coach King and, they kind of let you know how the week's going to go and the do's and don'ts of coaching at Snow Valley. And Matt King, you know, gave a really, he might've been talking to me because I told him what happened to me, but he gave, he gave a speech that, that kind of riled me up a little bit. And anyone that's ever heard Matt King speak, you'll get riled up pretty quick if, uh, if you're listening. And he just said, Hey, it doesn't matter if you're fired, first year coaching, coaching for a lifetime, Snow Valley is the place for you. And I got immediately, I just said, Hey man, I haven't got to coach since March. Like I'm excited to be here and coach somebody and snow Valley in 2016, snow Valley changed my basketball life. And in 2018, snow Valley changed my whole life. And, um, that week for me was so therapeutic. I remember dudes coming up to me and, and putting their arm around me and, and telling me that it's okay. Or I've been fired too, or, um, things like this happen. And, and after telling them the story, like, Hey man, you made the right decision. You, you weren't in the wrong. And, and what I appreciate is if I was in the wrong, dudes would have told me, like, hey, man, you, you might have jacked that up. You know what I mean? But a lot of dudes were really receptive. I remember in my dorm staying up to like three in the morning with, with Big Al from Slovenia and him telling me, 
man, forget those dudes, man. Like, who yeah. cares? Like, you, you lucked out. Like, you're good to go. Don't worry about it. Um, and so that, 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 that trip was so therapeutic for me. And, and that's what Snow Valley is, right? It's a place for you to, I think Matt King always said, it's a place for you to fall back in love with basketball. No and to me, Snow Valley is basketball in its purest form. Um, you're there to learn, you're there to get better, and you're there to help kids that have the same idea. Yeah. Um, so, and I can't, I mean, it, it, that week was awesome for me because I, I think on the third day, I got a call from a school that I, you know, I had applied to, hey, we're going to hire you as a teacher. Like, you're, so your move to Phoenix is going to happen. And then, then I got hired on as an assistant head coach at Sandra Day O'Connor, which was all because of Matt King, because he, he used to be the head coach at Sandra Day O'Connor. And his assistant needed some help. And, you know, because of Matt King and because of connections I made at Snow Valley, relationships, I should say, yeah. that, that guy called me. We talked for five minutes and I was his assistant head coach. Right. That's and that's awesome. just because of guys like Matt King and yeah. Steve Carter and, and, and some other guys. So um, Snow Valley changed everything for me in 2018. And, and, and after that, it became. It, it, it's something that I need to do every year. And obviously this year we can't do it. I've been pretty bummed out about it, but it's something I need to do every year to, to, to remind myself why we do what we do. No question. And, and to be honest with you, I think I've lived a life as a coach that most people live with as they get older. Um, and so I hope I'm never having the, the, I got fired conversation again. Right. <laughs> um, but um, I, I can't put into words how much Snow Valley meant to me, how much Matt King meant to me and, and those yeah. guys that kind of put their arms around me. Because if you think about it, all those dudes are great coaches. If you're at Snow Valley, it's because you're legit, man. Yeah. And I, all those dudes could have looked at me and been like, that's the fired guy, right? Or that's the could have reapplied guy. Um, but they didn't. And, and they and they were so receptive, especially yeah. Coach Showalter. After I told them what happened, they were so receptive to me. And, yeah. and, and it was, and like I said, it was a life-changing experience. Yeah, and just the power of community is is pretty special in the coaching world for sure. No question. And, and now you get uh, you get your opportunity again, right? Yeah. So I moved to Phoenix, um, and my when I first got to Phoenix, it wasn't it was filled with adversity too. I, I had issues with my teaching license and the school I was teaching at, and blah 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 blah. It was just it was it was just hard to move. Anyone that's ever moved from state to state, it's hard. It's hard to get grounded. It's hard to figure things out. It was 122 degrees, like my first Monday in Phoenix, which was awful. Um, but yeah, I, I worked for two years in as, as an assistant at Sandra Day O'Connor for uh, Coach Andre Rogers, who is one of the best human beings I've ever met. And um, he was really supportive of me because I made it clear I'd like to be a head coach again. Mm -hmm. And he said, let's make that happen. Like, whatever we can do to make that happen, let's, let's, let's get you going and learn from me and learn how basketball works here. And, um, and then, yeah, on March 11th, 2020, right before the world got turned upside down, um, right. I got a call from Washington High School uh, here in Phoenix, um, in Glendale, uh, that they would they would want me to be their head coach. And um, it's funny, when I got that call as a 24-year-old, I, I, like, beat my chest a little bit. Like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm the man. Like, I'm, I can't wait. I'm ready. Um, and this call was so much different. It was very humbling. I got very, very emotional because I didn't know if I was ever going to get that call again. Um, I was in the airport, like trying to find a place to go cry by myself. And, and I, I just turned 29. So I've noticed as I get older, anything that's even kind of sad, I cry like TV shows. <laughs> I'm getting soft, man. Um, but, but super, super humbling experience to get that call again. And um, I, I didn't know if I was going to get that opportunity again. I, everyone said, Oh, you will, you will. But I didn't, I didn't know. And right. the first person I called was, was my was my future wife um i called her and it, we got emotional right but then i called matt king right away i said man I, I can't thank you enough i called people from snow valley i called everybody right and i, yeah. I just wanted to 
express how thankful I was. And um, I, I wish I could go back in time to that 26 year old crying on his bed. Hey, shut up. You'll be fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. You'll be okay. I know it sucks right now, but you'll be okay. And um, I, I, I knew I was going to be okay because of Snow Valley. I think 2018, um, that year at Snow Valley changed, changed everything. Coaching wise, life wise, everything changed. Yeah. Um, so what have you been able to do? Have you been able to, to meet the guys virtually? Um, and what's your plans for this summer? Yeah, so Arizona is a little bit different. We are we are opening up. I know some some states across the nation are are pretty tight on lockdown right now, and other states are starting to open up. So um, I got to meet with everybody virtually a couple times. I, I was taking time out of the week to meet with a group of three or four of them. Uh, so I met with the whole all of them first, and then three or four of them, um, you know, a couple of days a week just to kind of build relationships and get to know and see faces, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, but we are lucky because we get to start June 8th here. So Monday, June 8th, we are going to be able to get going uh, in the gym. A lot of restrictions, obviously, um, but we're going to kind of be able to hit the ground running. And so obviously I'm super excited and, yeah. and um, pumped up to, you know, be with my new kids and, and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's been hard. I, I know I'm not the only one, uh, only, you know, other coaches listen. It's been hard to kind of communicate with your kids and um, it's been hard to be a new head coach and then to be like, who's this weirdo looking at me in the screen. What would you say is the biggest thing that you'll take as a learning experience from, um, you know, your first head coaching opportunity and either change or just be more mindful of into this one? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is um, it, I, I think it's two things. A, be mindful of how you talk to people, um, whether they're above you as a superior, as a boss, or whether they're below you um, as a student or maybe whatever, right? Be mindful of you talk to people. Be mindful of the tone that you use. Be mindful of uh, the message that you're bringing across because I, I've learned that I can be very confrontational on accident. And so, um, I think I think that created a lot of problems um, in my first go around. And second, um, there are battles that are worth fighting. And when I say that phrase, a lot of coaches know what I mean. There's battles that are worth going to war, and and you will put your foot in the sand and say, I'm not backing down on this. Mm -hmm. And there's other battles where I think you can be flexible. And there's other battles where I think you should or you could um, just shut up and move on, right? And I think my, my first thing as a head coach I felt like every battle that was presented to me was life or death for my program. Uh -huh. um, and it probably wasn't. Uh, there was a lot of things, you know, gym use or we're going to play do this time or that time. And I was, you know, I get very animated with, no, this is what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, two things, be mindful of how you talk to people, especially people above you. Um, and, and, and not every battle is worth going to war over. Um, and I, if I can go back in time and tell young Ernie, um, Hey man, I think this one you can move on from, you don't have to fight this one, my man. <laughs> I love that. Just the self-awareness of, you know, kind of how you generally respond to things and just being more mindful about that. Is, right. That right there is growth, right? Yeah. It, it, what's, what's interesting is that when any coach that's ever been fired or, or I'm sorry, asked to reapply, um, anybody that kind of goes through that experience, you realize, um, you, you realize if you don't grow, you're just, it's going to happen again. And I, and I remember telling myself, I don't wish this on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish this feeling on anybody. And especially me, I like me a lot. So um, I, I just told me, you have to grow. You have to figure it out. And if that means um, you change your style or change how you interact with people, that's okay. Now, there's some things that I think we all have in our inner core values that will never change for anybody. Um, but I think there's some things where I, I have to grow. Like that word is really important. I have to grow. But more importantly, be more aware of, of what you're doing and how you're saying it. Um, because if you're not, 
um, we're just going to have, I'm just going to have this issue again with administrators or whatever it was. And, 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 and you know, lastly, I, I don't want Socorro High School to sound like a terrible place. <laughs> it's not. It, it was great. The high school was great. The community was great. My parents were great. And like any coach, I had issues with some parents and great relationships with some, you know, like any community or any coach. But um, it, 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 that place was awesome to me. And, um, you know, my assistant coach who worked under me for two years ended up getting the head coaching job when I left. Um, he had to kind of jump through some hoops um, because the superintendent wanted to hire <laughs> the superintendent wanted me to, wanted to hire the guy that they wanted me to hire as the head coach. So he kind of had to jump through some hoops with with all that situation. But but it all worked out. And and the guy that they wanted me to bring on is now the athletic director there. And he's a he's a great guy. He's not a bad guy. Um, and and like I said, my head my assistant coach took over after I left. So everything worked out there and, and yeah. I, I'm happy for the experience. I'm not happy the way it ended, but I'm happy that, that it, it, I can look back and say, Hey, it kind of sucked at the end, but before that it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just appreciate the message of, of being able to respond from that. And then obviously the bigger picture of what uh, a coaching community, specifically snow Valley has, has done to, just to impact your life. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when I first moved to Phoenix, I had a lot of anger and bitterness in me, and especially in my heart. And, and I had to kind of get over it. And there's still some of that, like for sure. I, I want to prove people and I want to, Hey, this happened to me, but I'm the competitor in me wants to kind of prove everybody wrong. Right. Like if anyone watched the Michael Jordan doc, like making lists and, and trying right. to get back at people. Right. Um, I've, I've gotten over that a little bit, but it's, it, it's, it, it's really a story. I think my story is really of, if you have a great coaching community with with your brothers that are always with you or your sisters it doesn't matter what happens to you as long as you treat kids well as long as you don't steal money or something like that from your program mm -hmm. everybody deserves a second chance everybody deserves another opportunity um and that's that's what i learned um more than anything from this whole the whole experience well coach i, I appreciate your your vulnerability and, and sharing your story and and um you know we're excited to, to follow your success at washington now and and i appreciate the conversation and let's stay in touch Yep. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That was Ernie Lopez, the head coach at Washington High School in Phoenix. Coaches, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, impact somebody else.